There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Week 9 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. Was there ever any wonder? Guys, the NFL season is heating up, and if there is one bet that you want to make, you want to make it with my bookie. They've been in business for years. They have great online reviews, and their mobile site is so easy to use, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way over to my bookie. Why? Because you win, they pay. What's more important than that? They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And then, you know, the deal that we've been talking about for weeks could be running out anytime uh, in the near future here. You, you deposit, you make your deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, you get an extra $25 in free play in deposits over $100. And my bookie will also match your deposit dollar for dollar when you use the promo code BEARS25. So visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use my promo code BEARS25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. So make the and make the deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern. You get that extra $25 uh, to use uh, as well. So it's up to you. But my bookie is the best bet you'll make all season. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. This week on the Bears Talk Underground. After finally getting their first win after the bye, the Bears look to keep the momentum going when they pull up stakes and go back out on the road where they have not played their best football to meet head-on with the Buffalo Bills and close the book on a four-game stretch against the AFC East. Will the Bears take care of business, or will they get caught looking ahead? Sean Murphy from SB Nation's Buffalo Rumblings joins us on the Week 9 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. In a 17-game season, week number nine is your official mid-season mark of the NFL, and it is the mid-mark for our beloved Chicago Bears. It will be their eighth game of the season in week number nine. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week nine review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, and a little bit later on, we're going to have Sean Murphy from Buffalo Rumblings on SB Nation on to... uh, Help us talk through this uh, Bears-Bills game and uh, what's been going on uh, in Buffalo. And uh, we, we, we hearken back on the conversation we had during the summer and uh, where he thought the team was headed at the time. And it wasn't the most positive uh, outlook on what the year could become, and it turned out to be dead right. He, you know, you hear him say that he caught a lot of flack for his assessment of where the Bills could be headed at least in 2018. Um, and uh, it turns out the guy had a crystal ball in his back pocket because he was dead on about how the Bills were going to turn out uh, this year. So lots to talk about there. Had a good conversation with Sean last night, Um, and uh, truthfully, it's looking good for the Bears. Let's just put it that way. Uh, After what I saw on, on Monday against the Patriots, I mean, the defense is tough, man, but it's it's very simple. 
you know you'll hear me talk about it in the uh the segment after uh the interview that um it's it's uh it's gonna be i don't want to say easy but the formula to win the game is easy we shut down the running game we put the ball in the quarterback's hands in this case it looks like it's going to be nathan peterman and nathan peterman is a, a specialist he specializes in throwing the football to the other team so uh that that, that harkens well for the bears uh this coming sunday uh, who could um you know get out in front easily uh on the bills and what's really great about that is that the bills are horrendous on offense we talk about it a lot uh between myself and and, and sean they're averaging 11 game 11 points a game throughout the first eight point first eight games of the season their highest point total was that victory over minnesota at 27 points and they haven't gotten anywhere near 27 since then they had 20 points week two against the chargers then 27 in that victory over minnesota 27 to 6 being the final score there and the highest point total i think they've been able to generate since then was maybe 17 points i mean even in their only other victory of the season they won 13 to 12 so scoring points not exactly a uh specialty uh of this uh offense so you know it's very much like like last season uh with the bears was uh points were few and far between they have a good defense that can keep them in it, but the offense is three and out so often, the defense eventually breaks down. That's what happened Monday night against the, the Patriots. It was a 9-6, to 12-6 game going into the fourth quarter. They, they finally generated that one drive, making it 18-6. to six. And, um, you know, you, you hear me tell Sean, and it's very much similar to, to something that, uh, you know, that would happen to the Bears. You know, a, a two-score lead might as well have been 200 points because that's how difficult it was going to be for the offense to to come back and, and even up that score. So uh, when I, I told Sean when when the, the Patriots went up 18 to six, it might as well have been 180 to six for all the the good it would have done the offense uh, for the for the bills. It was basically over after that and then they added a pick six uh, the Patriots did to, to, to make it 25 to six and that was the final uh, on Monday night. So if the Bears can generate some turnovers, maybe have the defense score some points again uh, for the first time in a bit. If we can get out in front early, like if we're up 14 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, you can pretty much pack it in and cruise from there as long as we avoid mistakes of our own. So if, if as long as Mitch doesn't throw any interceptions, as long as we don't allow Buffalo to have any hope, it's going to be a good afternoon for us on Sunday. We're going to be 5-3 and three at the break, matching our win total from a year ago at the halfway mark be an amazing accomplishment for this football team heading into the second half and heading into this all-critical three-game stretch where we go Detroit, Minnesota, Detroit inside of 11 days starting next Sunday on the 11th. So, I mean, we go the 11th with Detroit, the 18th with Minnesota, then boom, the 22nd on Thanksgiving Day uh, against the Lions again. So we're going to be hearing from Jeremy Reisman uh, a lot uh, starting next week, and uh, <laughs> he's going to be a guest on the show twice inside of 10 days. It's pretty Pretty crazy how that's all going to uh, go down. But before we get to our talk with uh, Sean, got a few uh, news and notes here. Uh, for those of you who follow me on uh, Facebook or, or on the, the, the group page on Facebook, just search Bears Talk Underground on Facebook and join the group. You can also find me on Twitter at BTU underscore Larry on Twitter. 
And uh, actually, I re um, rebirthed the Instagram uh, account. It's basically just where I put those one-minute audio cards that come out every week. And uh, also, BTU underscore Larry on Instagram uh, as well. I don't think I posted them on Instagram, though. Anyway, the um, Bears Talk Underground stickers. I, I have a batch of them. I got about, uh, got a really nice price on them, too, actually. Uh, 50 of the stickers for the Bears Talk Underground. And um, I'm still thinking of ways that um, I'm going to uh, give them away. Still trying to figure out a way for you guys to earn them. If you would like to get your hands on one or two, they're little ones, they're smaller ones, about uh, they're two by two, so about the size of a button, maybe actually even a little bit smaller. Actually, I was kind of disappointed when I saw how small they were, but uh, they're really cool looking. The, the logo, obviously, I designed myself. We got, the, we, got the, we got Buck the Bear walking across a big BTU uh, logo there and, uh, and uh, the Armchair Network uh, logo underneath the uh, that so that's the first batch and i'm thinking about making some more making some bigger ones maybe some ones that uh you know kind of have the uh, the show banner like if you go on on uh on itunes or whatever you see the the, the thumbnail of the of the show logo maybe getting one of those made and, and things like that so possibilities are endless with this kind of thing but um that's the first batch and uh, i'm still trying to devise my evil plan on how i'm going to Make you monkeys dance for these stickers, and uh, I'll let you know what I come up with uh, in, in short order. But those stickers are out there. They are real, and I'm looking to give them away. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, in football news with our beloved Chicago Bears, this past Tuesday the trade deadline came and went, and the Bears stayed silent. No moves for the Bears. Uh, as a matter of fact, we kind of sat around and watched our opponents in the division uh, the Bears and the Vikings were quiet. The Packers and the Lions, on the other hand, made some interesting moves and, and more uh, just more of a looking ahead, I would say, because they, they traded away. Uh, Haha Clinton Dix is no longer with the Packers. He is now in Washington uh, for draft choices. I think just the fifth round pick uh, for him. And there was another one. Oh, yeah, Ty Montgomery. Uh, the running back who decided it was a good idea to run it out of the end zone and fumble the football against the Rams on Sunday, therefore eliminating any possibility that Aaron Rodgers had of trying to win that game against the Rams uh, on Sunday. In a tight 29-27 ball game, uh, Ty Montgomery takes the, <laughs> takes, the, takes the kickoff out of the end zone. We could have just kneeled on it and started at the 25-yard line, put the ball in one of the greatest of all time. Uh, put it in his hands, but nah, I'm going to run it out. I'm going to do something here. And he ended up fumbling the ball, gave it right back to the Rams, and that was it. Aaron Rodgers never touched the ball again, and the Packers lose. And, uh, well, I mean, it helped to keep it put the Bears back in first place this past weekend. They got the Patriots this weekend, too, so the Bears could be up two games on the Packers by uh, by Sunday night when the Sunday night game is over with. But um, he might – uh, excuse me, Montgomery was sent off to Baltimore for a seventh-round pick. So two guys that gave the Bears fits will not be on the team come week 15 when they uh, reunite in Soldier Field uh, towards the end of the year. The Lions uh, decided it would be a good idea to trade Golden Tate, sent him off to the Philadelphia Eagles for a third-round pick, I believe. So decent return on the investment. This is a guy who is going to be hitting the open market 
I think uh, Golden Tate was going to be a free agent at the end of this season. And uh, they got a little something for him, sent him off to the Eagles, who could uh, use the, the help at wide receiver as they are currently sitting at 500, trying to regain their momentum as world champions right now. Not looking much like it these days, but uh, having Golden Tate on the squad opposite Alshon Jeffrey will definitely help them. So the Bears and the Vikings kind of sat back and watched the, uh, the, the Lions and the Packers kind of subtract from what they had and uh you know it was like by doing nothing the bears and the vikings got better this week because our teams are still at full strength while theirs on the other hand they got to risk some key players uh on theirs so we'll see how it affects the packers and the lions uh going forward but you know i gotta say you know those three guys were key contributors to those teams and they were sent off montgomery i get because there was a lot of animosity after he blew that play on Sunday after he made that decision, then fumbled the ball uh, on top of it. Apparently he wasn't happy with his role in the offense or something like that and decided he was going to take it upon himself to do something and backfired in the worst way possible. Clinton Dix, on the other hand, I'm not sure what happened there. So I, I don't know why that trade happened. It did. Golden Tate, the only thing I could see is that uh, the Lions trying to get something, on, a, a return uh, a return on somebody that they might lose for nothing during free agency this upcoming uh, offseason. So uh, we'll have to sit back and see how it affects the Lions and the Packers going forward. But, you know, from up here in the, the cheap seats and the bleachers, watching it happen from a distance, you know, the Bears and the, and the Vikings became better teams during, the, during this uh, trade deadline. And uh, the Packers and the Lions, you know, got worse because they subtracted from their teams. So... Um, but speaking of the trade deadline, as I said, the Bears remain quiet, but they weren't not busy during the uh, trade deadline. Leonard Floyd, who I talked about last week, if the Bears got some calls about him, they should take those calls. And they did. Uh, he did draw interest. There were no rumors about what teams were calling, but there were interest in the services of young Leonard. But uh, hence, no deals made. Leonard Floyd stays put still with our beloved Chicago Bears. And, um, you know, I, I would still put, uh, you know, <laughs> if you go into my bookie and there's a prop bet on whether or not the Bears pick up Leonard Floyd's fifth-year option, I'd bet on no. Put heavy money on that. They're not picking up his fifth year. He's going to be in his contract year next year in 2019 trying to find a way to stick around uh, on this team next season. And um, then in, uh, in injury news, uh, the the word is back on Kyle Long. Nothing specific on what the actual foot injury is because they're just calling it a foot injury. Uh, they're not saying it's going to require surgery or anything like that, but it will knock him out of the game for six to eight weeks. And there also has been some talk about possibly putting him on injured reserve, which makes sense because on the short side, six weeks puts us at week 14, week 15. And eight weeks is essentially the rest of the year. Um, you know, including this week, he would be coming back week 16 if he were to come back. So it, it does make sense that there's some talk of putting him on injured reserve. Um, I don't know if, if they're talking about putting him on shut him down for the rest of the year injured reserve or that he has a chance to return uh, injured reserve. So, But there is some talk about putting him on that uh, to, um, you know, I guess for the roster spot because he's still on the roster at, at the moment, but even though he's uh, he's injured. So um, that, that may be the strategy as far as 
maybe we we put him on injured reserve to save the to to open the roster spot, bring somebody in for the for the depth, or will he be on the team and not playing, you know, for the next six to eight weeks? So that's the that's the conversation uh, right now. So obviously, as we look at the Bears' injury report, Kyle Long isn't practicing, so <laughs> he's been out of practice the last two days. Uh, ben Broniker. Uh, left the game on Sunday with uh, in concussion protocol. He has yet to practice yet this week. Uh, Taylor Gabriel gave everybody a nice scare by showing up on the injury report Wednesday with a knee injury. He was limited on Wednesday but was full participation today, so I think uh, we're okay there. Uh, Eric Cush, who's definitely somebody that we need going into this game against Buffalo, limited this week, whereas I don't think he practiced at all last week against getting ready for the Jets. Has been limited so far in the first two days this week. Khalil Mack, Allen Robinson with ankle and knee injuries respectively have yet to practice this week, basically on the same schedule they've been on the last two weeks. And spoiler alert, we did talk about the weather for brief, really briefly. You'll have blinking, you'll miss it. But uh, when we talked to Sean Murphy about it, he did mention it might be in it might be raining on Sunday, which was ultimately the deciding factor in why Mack and Robinson didn't play against the Jets. Could it factor into either of those guys not playing on Sunday? And like, you know what? It's not worth it. We should, knock on wood, murder this football team on Sunday. Uh, we should do it relatively easy. And I hate talking about it in those terms because those are the ones where you come back on Monday and be like, what? The? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. The Bills scored 48 points somehow and we lost the game uh, by 30. So, but it, in reality... In reality, this should be a relatively easy game for the Bears. The Bills have a good defense, so I'm not saying they're going to score 50. I'm just saying that offensively, the Bills are horrendous, so we shouldn't have any problems keeping them off the scoreboard, and it won't take much for us to win the game on Sunday. That's what I mean by relatively easy. I don't think we're going to come out like the Buccaneers and light them up for 50 in the first half and or anything like that. I just think that uh, 17 points would be about 14 points more than we're going to need to win this game on Sunday. Uh, but uh, that's just me. So Robinson and Mack probably going to be game time decisions coming up on Sunday, and whether or not the 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 the, the rain will affect it. I mean, they they play on the um, on the field turf in in Buffalo, so we'll see what kind of factor that has uh, in whether or not they play on Sunday. And then uh, here's one I didn't want to see. Bilal Nichols, uh, limited on Wednesday with a knee injury, did not practice today. Don't know what that is about. This is actually the first time I'm seeing it, so we'll have to uh, dig into that and find out what's going on with him. As, um, the Bills have a decent running game. Granted, they've their running backs a little long in the tooth. Ivory and, and LaShawn McCoy, both over 30. But uh, the, if you shut down the run, you shut down the Bills, plain and simple. Kind of like the Bears a year ago. Uh, at this time you got to dare those quarterbacks to throw the football and to do that you got to stop them from being able to run it uh, speaking of the bills uh, Lorenzo Alexander their inside linebacker limited today on in uh, with uh, it was just a veterans day yesterday uh, with rest Josh Allen Derek Anderson their two quarterbacks a right elbow for Allen and a concussion for Derek Anderson neither has practiced neither are expected to play on Sunday against the Bears uh, Tremaine Edmonds, who for who was uh, famously talked about uh, about possibly being a Chicago Bear um, during the draft process, was taken 16th overall by the Bills 
in the first round. They had two first-round picks, both of which are on their injury list right now. Suffered a concussion against the Patriots, has not practiced yet this week, so I don't know how, how his chances of playing against the Bears are looking at the moment. Uh, defensive end Trent Murphy has been out both days this week with a knee injury. And Kyle Williams, their, uh, their stud, the guy's like 150 years old, but he plays like a machine, uh, was resting on Wednesday, limited today uh, on Thursday. So he will most likely, he and Alexander will probably definitely play on Sunday against the Bears. So, so there you have it, man. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, we're going to get to this talk about with uh, Sean Murphy. Uh, about the uh, about the Bills and and what a what a confusing uh, group of uh, what a confusing team that this has been. This is a a team that's a, a year removed from a playoff appearance. Um, you know, making it uh, nine and seven or ten and six, one of the two last year, uh, getting into the playoffs, making an early exit. But nonetheless, this is a playoff team from a year ago playing nothing like a team that that saw the postseason. You know, got to play some January football last year. Doesn't look anything like that. And as a matter of fact, one of the furthest things from it, when those power rankings come out and you have a three in front of the number that you're that you're on, that's bad. That is bad. So that is the conversation that the Bills are generating these days when it comes to the state uh, of their football team. So speaking of the state of the team, we talk about that quite a bit, what the, the future and the and what the present and future hold for the Buffalo Bills as we go forward to the second half of this year and, uh, you know, looking forward to 2019 and everything. And there is a rare hope. You hear Sean talk about it. They got big salary cap coming up in the offseason and so on. So without further ado, I'll stop going ahead and just spoiling the entire interview here. Myself and Sean Murphy from Buffalo Rumblings and SB Nation talking about the Bears and Bills for week number nine. Week number nine of the 2018 schedule has the Bears traveling out to Buffalo. Uh, the Bears not exactly road warriors this year, one and two uh, on the road thus far, taking on the Buffalo Bills and completing this four-game stretch against the AFC East. Uh, they're sitting at two and six right now. They've had some tough losses this year and uh, also some interesting wins. And help and to help us uh, preview this game between the Bears and the Bills on Sunday. From Buffalo Rumblings on SB Nation, Sean Murphy. Sean, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, Larry. Good to talk to you again. Thanks for having me back. So let's uh, let's talk about this team, uh, Sean. Um, just looking at your your wins and losses on the schedule so far, um, I would have to say that um, offense is not a strong suit uh, for this for this team because you've scored twenty points only twice all year long. Uh, once in a loss to the Chargers week two, and then the other time was the what the hell happened there victory over the Vikings week yeah. number week number three. <laughs> I mean, even in your in your only other victory this season, you scored a whopping thirteen points uh, over the, the the against the Tennessee Titans in that thirteen to twelve victory about three four weeks ago. So, what's going on uh, with the Bills, man? You guys seem to be allergic to to points. I mean, I was watching the game on Monday. Uh, against the the Patriots it just seemed like so many times you guys just when you thought like the Bills were kind of getting into it the bottom would drop out and then the Patriots just took over making it you know 800 in a row against you guys or whatever it is up to these days yeah 
Yeah, no, that's been uh, that, that's a, a really good way to put it. Really, for the whole season, I mean, just to to call the Bills' offense a JV offense <laughs> would be would be an insult to JV offenses all sure. over the country. It's 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 been really really rough to watch. I mean, you could you could point at, at a, a mismanagement of the quarterback position. Uh, you could look at a poor offensive line. You could look at receivers that don't gain any separation at all. You could look at a, a running back group that is headed by two 30-year-old guys. Mm. It's it's just been it, it's been a really rough go of it. I mean, really, as simple as it gets is that no one respects their passing game, as they shouldn't. Uh, so they stack the box, which means that their strength with Lashawn McCoy and Chris Ivory, they they can't really get anything going on the ground. And then, as you saw uh, on the Monday night game, when they they are forced to throw the ball. Uh, Derek Anderson has been mistake prone. Obviously, Nathan Peterman is a walking mistake uh, mm. at the quarterback position. And then you've got Josh Allen, who was the the rawest of raw first round rookies coming in, starting really a, an entire year before they probably would have liked to start him. So it, it's it's been difficult to watch on offense, to say the least. Uh, very reminiscent for me, at least from what you're describing. I mean, you're describing the Bears 2017 offense we've got a a raw rookie that probably should have been watching most of the year if not the whole season but circumstances forced him into the lineup and unfortunately they were circum what um who who did start the year at quarterback for you guys it was it was peterman nathan peterman was was named the yeah wow he started two quarters uh at at the ravens and i believe he was something like five of 18 for 24 yards oh god and uh and then he was benched at halftime and that's uh that was all she wrote for him until Allen was injured against the Texans. Then Peterman came back out there. But uh, with you guys, Trubisky looks looks a lot better this year. No, yeah, I mean, well, he's he's having his struggles. Um, you know, the the best way to describe him a majority of the time, it's he. I mean, but he's also improved a bit on. He either is forcing it to someone who isn't open or missing someone who is wide open. Okay. That has been kind of the faults with Trubisky this year. The last few weeks, well, he was guilty of it against New England. So, But, I mean, he is getting better with his tendencies to force it where it doesn't need to go. Um, okay. It didn't happen once against the Jets, thank God. Um, but it's just, you know, he is – It is the, the more frustrating part is the missing, missing the wide-open receivers. We got one receiver in particular – that he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with, it appears, uh, at times. And, and that's our rookie w- receiver, Anthony Miller. That kid is always open, or at least he's always open when Trubisky is throwing him the football and he's sailing it over his head or he's just missing it off target and, and, and things like that. But my, my question was going to be, um, well, I guess I could, I could ask a different question. What the hell happened with A.J. McCarron? I mean, this was supposed to be a trade that was supposed to set you guys up for here's the guy that's going to show uh, Josh Allen the ropes. And then this is a guy, when, when you guys played us in this preseason finale, he was playing for his job in that game. And he, he looked played, pretty good. Yeah, he yeah. played the entire Towards, yeah. game uh, yeah. of the preseason finale. Like, wait a minute. Isn't he supposed to be the day one starter? What the hell's going on here? Yeah, it, it from what I can gather anyway, because, I mean, Sean McDermott is is a very – politically correct guy he's never going to throw anyone under the bus he will almost never say anything uh his his go-to line with us and we kind of laugh about it is that buffalo could lose by 50 
and they'll ask what happened and he'll say well you know i have to go back and look at the tape and mm. and see how everything went i mean i could tell you how it went coach we just got slaughtered but uh yeah w- with regard to mccarran i i think that they saw that he wasn't going to be the guy and and when they saw that he wasn't going to be the guy I, I don't believe they were confident in his ability to to mentor Allen. So when they found that they could get any sort of asset for him, which they did, they ended up shipping him out to Oakland for a fifth round pick. Uh, they just took it without even considering the fact that they now had a quarterback room that had a 23 year old Nathan Peterman and a 21 and a half year old Josh Allen or 22 year old Josh Allen with, with no real mentor in there and they they then decided for whatever reason to start peterman uh to be the guy to hold the place for allen and obviously that went down like the hindenburg and we ended up where and we ended up where we are now so once mccarran struggled a bit in the in the preseason i mean even when you saw him against the bears his he had trouble completing passes he was throwing the guys that were being cut so so that could explain the majority of it but he uh i, I think that once they found he wasn't going to be the guy they didn't see him as a mentor. Had he won the job, I think uh, this this whole thing would have turned out differently. But I don't think they trusted him at the end of the day. I mean, because this was a this was a team. I mean, if, mistake me if I'm if or, or correct me if I'm mistaken here, but wasn't there some hope coming into this season? You guys are coming off your first playoff appearance since Reagan was president, and you <laughs> know, what it feels you, like. you you have this amazing draft day where you get your hands on your quarterback of the future. You get this amazing young raw linebacker that's going to be the the center of your defense for the next 10 15 years and you still come away with a pretty decent set of draft assets and you're adding to a team that made the playoffs last year and yet you know it just seemed like it was going wrong even before the season got started with the 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 miss with the aj mccarran thing and 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 everything else i mean it's just like what 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 exactly happened between the time that we talked and when the season got started i mean because we're talking barely two months and when we talked and when the season got started it seemed like everything changed for buffalo yeah and it's funny because i remember talking to you and and i i thought that this was going to be a big step backward because of the quarterback situation because mm. I, I didn't view I, I don't even I don't think McCarron is as good a player as Tyrod Taylor was sure. for Buffalo so one, once they moved on from him I thought that they were going to take a step backwards just because on offense they didn't have that guy who could at least be trusted uh, not to lose you the game Taylor was never going to be a guy who was going to say hey I'm going to throw for 350 get on my back we're going to go win this game but he would be the guy who would keep you in it at least until there were two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then if a few things broke, that would be it. Because I remember talking to you and thinking and saying, hey, we might end up here. Buffalo could win four or five games, and I think five would be a lot. And and guys were dogging me for that early on. But I I think that uh, looking at Buffalo as a playoff team last year kind of snuck in, got a little bit lucky. Uh, played a bit above their heads. They had a real opportunistic defense. Uh, and then offensively, they were able to run the ball and not turn it over, which which led to enough opportunity to go out and sneak out some wins. This year, you're seeing some, some just putrid quarterback play. I mean, I think that there have been more wide receiver touchdown passes in the NFL this year than Buffalo has quarterback touchdown passes on mm-hmm. the year. Yeah, and I think there have been I think there have been four wide receiver touchdown passes this year. So like wide receivers on reverses throwing touchdown passes and the bills have employed three quarterbacks who have combined for three touchdowns 
So it's it's that's a recipe for disaster right there. Yeah, I was I I heard some kind of some crazy stat, whether it was either on Twitter or I heard it on Sports Center or something like Todd Gurley has scored more points by himself than Buffalo has scored yep. all season. I was like, so is that a so is that a thumbs up to Gurley or a thumbs down to Buffalo? I mean, I don't know how I'm really supposed to be gauging that. I mean, is it are we talking about how how pathetic Buffalo is on offense or how awesome I, Todd Gurley is? I mean, are we doing both? Yeah, I mean, I are, think the are we just to both questions? Yeah, is yes. are, are we yeah. weighing them both the same here? It's like, hey, look at the here's one extreme to the next. This entire guy it would if he was on that team would double the point total of this other team has scored all year by himself. So I mean, it was that was just a crazy stat that yeah, I saw. It, and, it, and, it feels a little, I'm sorry to cut you off, it mm-hmm. feels a little like a, a trailer to a disaster movie. Like <laughs> the, the overvoice is sitting there, you know, like in a world where other teams score points, one group thinks they can go it another way, and then you cue to, you know, the Keystone Cops music plays and you watch Buffalo play offense at this point. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much how it's been at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been interesting to watch, you know, from, from the outside, and then when I really had a chance to sit down uh, and look at it. I mean, the pattern that I'm noticing in the games thus far is that if you know if, if you can if you can win the first half, you'll win against the Bills. Ah, uh, yeah, really, uh, that makes sense. And if you look at their two wins, I mean, Minnesota game, Buffalo forced three turnovers. Uh, they they picked Kirk Cousins. They strip sacked him, and uh, they actually may have strip sacked him twice early in the in the first half and that set up short fields which gave them a couple of touchdowns uh and then against tennis they were able to score on their first drive uh josh allen another just a great athletic play scrambled ran for a 10 12 yard touchdown um and they were able to keep the titans out of the end zone throughout because that's a team that's not really an offensive juggernaut either. Right. Um, all the other ones here, they, they've, I mean, they got shut out at Green Bay. Um, they, Indianapolis just eviscerated them when, when they went out there. Yeah. And that was, it was just all early snowball type stuff. Like the offense, three and outs, punts, team scores a touchdown. Then the offense, three and outs again, they punt, defense looks defeated all of a sudden game's over. So yeah, you're right. I mean, if you win the first half, there is, there's very little in terms of adjustment change positive going on in the second half. Yeah. Cause you guys are averaging just under 11 points a game in the first eight games uh, yep. of the year. I mean, I don't give a damn how good your defense is playing. I mean, and they were the reason that you hung in against new England, the way you guys did on Monday. Absolutely. I mean, they, they really had, you know, they were really doing an outstanding job. Uh, I mean, even better than the Bears did against the the uh, against the Patriots a week ago. I mean, they scored twenty one on us in the first half, uh, and every and that right. was and that was before we started you know screwing around on special teams uh, against them and everything. So I mean, it, you guys were doing better against them than we had the week before, and then you gave up the one drive, and then it's eighteen to six. And based on the way the offense was playing, it might as well have been one hundred and eighty. Uh, to six, yeah, and yeah, then that, the one good drive that I saw you guys go on, Derek Anderson. I mean, the guy was open, who he was throwing to. He just never saw that safety that came right across his face and yep. took it back, and it was ball game after that. Absolutely no. And if if you look at what's going on, if Buffalo had a mediocre offense, they would be four and four sure. right now. 
but they instead have a historically terrible offense. And, and that'll show you how good that the defense is because they've managed to win two games, even though their their offense is on pace. I think one of our guys, or I saw it, somebody ran a stat where the Bills passing offense is on pace to be the worst in the franchise since 1967 or 68. And, and that's not even, I don't know how you manage to do that in an era where the defensive backs can't touch the receivers, mm-hmm. the defensive linemen can't touch the quarterbacks. Right. It, the, the rules are set up so that this is impossible to happen. But uh, basically, Buffalo is sitting here saying, we can't do that. Oh, hold my beer. Let me go ahead yeah, and show you exactly. how this is done. It's like, oh, yeah. offensive ineptitude. Step back for a second. Let me show you. Just yeah. give me a wide berth here. I, I got a thing or two to show you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. You say 1967. The Bills were born in 1960, so you're talking yep. about almost the entire length of the franchise. That they're they're OJ Simpson know. was still a a sophomore at USC. Wow, the last time Buffalo's offense was this bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you when you talk about stuff like that, I mean, there was one. I don't. I think maybe it was like during the the Tampa Bay game when Trubisky went nuts against the Buccaneers for the six touchdowns and everything. Yes, the first time that somebody had thrown for six touchdowns since. Sid Luckman did it in like 1947 wow. or something. It's like, yeah. okay. So then, that, then it, that's what kind of brought me back to the whole Todd Gurley versus the Bills thing. Yeah. It's like, so does that talk tell us how awesome Sid Luckman was or how much garbage <laughs> we've put in at the quarterback position over the last 70 years? I mean, you know, maybe it's right. both, I guess, that Trubisky comes out of nowhere his second year as a, as a starter and, and it does something that hasn't been yeah. done for 70 years. But yep, it, which, by the way, you're welcome for that because <laughs> I had I had Trubisky on my fantasy team, ah, okay. and and I and I dropped him prior to that game Whoops. to pick up exactly. So you're welcome. I'd have sat him on my bench and watched him because I had Drew Brees starting. But once I saw that happen, I went, yeah, I'm cursed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, when 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 your offense is averaging 11 points a game. It doesn't matter what your defense is doing because they're probably out there for too long for it to matter. I mean, and that's yeah. pretty much what we saw happen on Monday was that it's 12 to 6 going into the fourth quarter if it was even that. I think maybe it was 9 to 6. I think it was 9 6. Yeah, yeah they going into the, the yeah. Going into the fourth quarter. I mean, you guys are in it. It's Monday night. You guys are, you know, the crowd is way into the game uh and everything, but the offense just cannot answer the call and eventually the defense is going to fold. And then by you know you throw gas on the fire by by having the offense give up points uh, on top of it. I mean, right? It sounds like you guys have at least a decent defense. And like you said, if you had a motor, mediocre defense, you could be a five hundred football team. Yeah, no, that I would actually argue that the defense is is very good. I mean, they're getting great production out of two rookies. Uh, you mentioned Tremaine Edmonds before; he's mm-hmm. doing a really nice job in the middle. There have been a couple of times. Uh, teams with with play action have been able to manipulate him uh, against the Chargers. He looked pretty rough. And then really against the the Colts just abused him throughout the entirety of the game. They moved him everywhere with read option looks and play action looks. Uh, But the the other rookie that has really made some noise is uh, the fourth round pick there, Taron Johnson, the slot corner, has been good in his role so there, there's been a couple of guys there that have sung in 
uh, Tredavious White is having another great year. Both of their safeties, Micah Hyatt, Jordan Poole, are outstanding. But the old guys, too. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander is putting a ton of pressure on quarterbacks. Kyle Williams uh, does not look like a 35-year-old on a team that's cruising towards a 4-12 and season. He's he's going 110 miles an hour at all points. And, and Jerry Hughes looks good, too. So that the defense is a scary, scary unit on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, again, kind of sounding like the 2017 uh, Bears. I mean, we had a really good defensive uh, unit last year. We just had an yep. offense that did very, very little to contribute, you know, and it, it's like the defense would be way in it, three quarters, maybe three and a half, and then eventually it would be like, well, the defense has been out there for 78 plays, so it's not too crazy <laughs> yeah. to think that they would finally give up that play that's going to make a difference uh, in right. the game because, uh, you know, the defense has been out there for, you know, like I said, 78 and some 80 plays, and the offense has been out there for 34. And, you know, it's yeah. like we're just handing the ball right back over uh, to them, and, and it's just been uh, – it was very, very tough to watch. So I, I, I feel your pain as far as what you're – what you're going through in this similar uh, situation. And, um, you know, what, what do you think is going to, is going to, it's going to take to, to fix this? I mean, is this just the bump in the road on the, the path to the bills returning to prominence or, you know, what, what do you think the, the fix to this would be? Uh, they need an entire talent infusion on the offense. I mean, I could argue that they need two receivers, a tight end, two offense linemen and that's before talking about I mean LaShawn McCoy is 30 uh he's struggling big time I think he only has 250 yards rushing on the entire year Mm -hmm. uh that's before talking about inevitably him so you're you're looking at most of if not all of their assets going into next season are going to have to be poured into the offensive end and and luckily for Buffalo between uh, 85 and, and $100 million in free salary cap money mm. between between dead cap that comes off uh, guys whose contracts expire and they go at the end of this year. Uh, and they have a couple extra draft picks due to some trades. So they'll, they're going to have some, some room to wiggle here and, and add some impact players. But it's, it's going to happen this year at this point. I mean, they, they did sign Terrell Pryor to play wide receiver. I mean that's he's coming off a groin injury with the Jets, um, but but he instantaneously, I mean, throw a, a top three there of Kelvin Benjamin Pryor and and Zay Jones that that looks a little bit better than what they've been doing. So that mm-hmm. that should be a, a step in the right direction. And then you got to hope that if he plays well and he likes it up there, that they stick with him sure. and, and they can go ahead and, and add some more talent because. You can't expect a kid like like Josh Allen to be throwing to nothing. I mean, similar, I feel like, to what the Bears did when they went out and they got Allen Robin, and now they, they have those two dynamite backs in, in Howard and Cohen, that, that Trubisky has some weapons to go ahead there. Didn't Is Taylor Gabriel new this to the Bears for Oster, or was he uh, there yeah, last year? he is. It was Gabriel, uh, Trey Burton, and Allen Robinson were the big three. Yeah, that Burton, the too, is another big, yeah. Yeah, yeah so they, that, and that's, yeah, you got to help your young guy out there. Yeah, and that was that was the main reason I didn't want Trubisky on the field at all uh, last yep. year because we had this, you know, menagerie of 
rejects and fourth and fifth receivers out there that we're trying to throw the football to. So it's no wonder that defenses would play short yardage defense against us because the only weapons we had were in the backfield. And, you know, that's that's all it would be. It would be Jordan Howard running into a brick wall of humanity, first, second, third down, and then we'd punt on fourth down. Or maybe we'd try to throw the ball on third, but it would be pathetic and sad, and we end up punting anyway. So that's what it was like watching our offense last year. And I was like, I don't want Trubisky anywhere near this. We might ruin the kid. Yep, you know, and that's that's what it's been like watching the Buffalo offense. And there's been, I mean, some people think that you'll learn by going out there and getting beaten up, but you don't want to ruin the kid. So yeah. I, I watching the Bears has actually given me hope for next year. Sure. If, Buff, if Buffalo's management can intelligently build as the Bears management has. I also think they hired the right guy in, in Nagy. He seems, oh, yeah. he seems really good. Yeah, I had a feeling about the guy when I saw his press conference. Because truth be told, man, when I heard Matt Nagy was our guy, I was not happy. You know, I, really? I, no, not right off the bat. I was not. I, it was because it, it was like there was a list of about six or seven guys, and at, of the candidates, he was at the bottom. And it's like, okay, he's you know first year offensive coordinator for Kansas City's with Andy Reid. Okay, that's fine. But how about uh, Pat Shermer? who just took the polished turd that was Sam Bradford and Case Keenum and damn near took him to a Super Bowl with Minnesota. Right. What do you think he could do with someone who has actual talent in Trubisky? You know, yeah. Shermer was my guy, yeah. and it just didn't happen. I mean, we were the first right. team to hire a coach in Nagy. I was not happy about that. Then I saw his press yeah. conference. I'm like, oh, okay. He seems to be a bit more forthcoming, a hell of a lot more transparent than Fox was before him. With the media, he traded right. the media like the enemy uh, than anything else. <laughs> yeah. And then, actually, this past week, they mic'd him uh, in that game against the Jets. And the Bears, Bears.com had a video of him, like a four and a half minute video of him talking on the sidelines and how he was talking to Mitch between drives and, and stuff like that. And that's where it really got a sense of he's definitely the right guy for this. He definitely is. Yeah. You know, I've 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 been warming up to him ever since then. But I'm you know where I was somewhere in the upper 80s, low 90s coming into this point after watching that video. I'm 100 percent all in on Nagy. Now I'm so 100 percent uh, with him. But do you think McDermott is that guy, or are you going to have to go fishing for somebody else after this year? I mean, this. I mean, I mean, you told me, and I remember now that you were telling me about the salary cap space and. You talking about yeah, this is probably more of a 2019 team because of yeah. getting rid. We lead the league in dead cap space. We're still paying guys that haven't been on the team for three years or or something like. You're still paying Marcel Darius. Yep. He hasn't been on the team since like 2013 oh, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and you know we're going to have a ton of cap space and a lot of young assets on the football team. So 2019 seems to be the year they make a move. I remember the conversation. Now it's all coming back to me. Is McDermott going to be that guy, or is is he going to survive what's happening this year? It's funny, because if you would have asked me over the summer, I'd have said, oh, yeah, absolutely the guy. I mean, look at what he did. And and the the way that I see him handle uh, situations with the team, I mean, I think he's definitely the guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much I trust him to build the roster, Mm. if if that makes sense. Sure. Because I, I think that the way Bates, the way that he leads, it's it would be very easy to for the defensive guys to just quit and be done and say, you know what, screw this, our offense is pathetic. I'm just not going to get myself hurt 
let's fold up our tents and and get to next year where I can go ahead and make some money somewhere else and go play where I can win. But these guys come out week in and, and week out and they're motivated and they're fighting and, and they're fiery. I, I just watch how they have bungled the most important position on the field. Yeah. The quarterback position. And, and that's where I start to pause where I was a hundred percent coming into this year. And now I've, I've probably dipped down into the mid to low eighties. He'll survive this year. Sure. He'll without a doubt be the coach next year. I mean, he, he brought them their first playoff berth since the Clinton administration, not quite <laughs> Reagan going back that far. But I, I was at first, I was nervous that we, there was a joke on that two Clintons were going to have been president in between Bill's uh, off births. So they're both, neither of those things happened. Right. So we, we end up sitting in a situation where, where Buffalo, I mean, I was in middle school the last time they made the playoffs and I've, I've taught high school now mm. nine, 10 years before <laughs> they end up making another playoff. appearance. It's, it's ridiculous, but they, uh, I, I definitely think that he is the guy. I just think they need to show me a little bit to to kind of get me back in that boat all in no life jacket that now I'm, I'm holding on to a life preserver at this point sure sure any idea what the weather's supposed to be like this weekend in buffalo because i'm kind of thinking towards because the weather contributed to the bears not letting mac and robinson play on sunday against the jets what the i mean because it's buffalo for christ's sake it could be nine feet of snow on the ground in in late october <laughs> right or early november is what it's going to be sundays i I haven't looked. I mean, down. I'm about five hours out of Buffalo. Down mm. around. Okay. Gonna be. It's gonna be a little bit rainy. Now, yeah, I rainy. mean, up okay. there, it's a. It's its own. It's its own different climate. I mean, it could be. <laughs> if if it's 40 degrees, then it it might be rain. If it's 25 degrees, then you're looking at snow. I, I don't want to be a terrible factor. I think that. Uh, I think that Khalil Mack is going to end up feasting on the carcass of Nathan Peterman at some point throughout the game, which is really giving us all some amount of hope over at Buffalo Rumblings. Yeah, I mean, just the, my own uh, glass half-empty kind of attitude when it comes to the, to the Bears. It's like, Jesus Christ, this thing is setting up for it to be an absolute bloodbath uh, on Sunday. We, you know, our defense hasn't had that dominant performance since before the bye. You know, we've, we've, we finally won a football game, right. but Miami, New England, defensively, were not good games for us. We bounced back. We only gave up 10 points against the Jets on Sunday. You know, we only got one sack. We didn't get a turnover, but we were a hell of a lot more stingy than we had been in a couple of weeks. It's setting up to where it can turn into an absolute disaster uh, for Buffalo when the Bears come to town on Sunday. But... We, you know, I'm also kind of hoping that we don't get caught with our pants down looking ahead to the three division games we have after this because that and yeah, that could be easy for them to do yeah. because Buffalo has been so bad. And then and looking that it's Peterman coming out because yes, exactly. Derek Anderson is in concussion protocol. So if, if you're a defensive player. And, and you see that Nathan Peterman is the quarterback on the other side. I mean, my man has thrown nine interceptions in 80 pass attempts professionally. I'm, I'm not a math guy, but that's a ridiculous that's one. Out, that's one out of so, nine, bro. One out of nine is an interception yeah, for Nathan yeah, Peterman. Yeah, 11%. I can do that one. So it's that's that's not good. Yeah, So I mean, cause, and that was exactly what I was thinking when I saw that Peterman is most likely to start on Sunday. I was like, oh, hell, yeah. this, this could be something to see on yeah, Sunday. And not like, only did – Go ahead. They they signed Matt Barkley today, right? Too. 
to be his to be his backup. So you now have a, of the most intercepted quarterbacks who are still active who have started multiple games. Buffalo has I think four of the top fourteen. <laughs> it might, and it's five if you count Terrell Pryor, <laughs> who's wow. playing wide receiver. Peterman is one. Barkley is two. I think Pryor is ten. Uh, Derek Anderson is eleven, and Allen is fourteen. So it, it's it's shaping up to just be, uh, yeah, it's it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what I was looking at. I was like, I I, I hope that the Bears stay focused uh, on Sunday because not only do we have three division games coming up, we've got three division games in eleven days because we got we got Detroit and then Minnesota. And then Thanksgiving Day against Detroit again. So from November 11th to November 22nd, we play three times against three division uh, wow. opponents, and that we have to get. And that's after we play Buffalo. So I mean, I just hope we don't get, you know, like uh, maybe we take it uh, take it down a gear to, so that we save ourselves for the division games. And oh, what the hell happened? We just lost in Buffalo, kind of thing. Uh, would be right. the last thing in the world this team would need heading into such an important stretch. So I mean. With with everything that we've been talking about, everything that I've seen, the, if the Bears keep their heads on straight and just show up, and not not necessarily like showing up by like just stepping onto the field, which some cynics would say that's probably all it's going to take, but um, <laughs> you know to actually just show up and be the team that they have been, especially last week against the Jets, victory you know could be a foregone conclusion. It's just a matter of getting out healthy to get ready for these division games. Yeah, really. I I mean. In order for Buffalo to win anything, they have to force turnovers. Yes, give their offense a short field, uh, and and they have to make one or two plays on special teams in order to help the offense out. Um, I've been dogging Peterman a lot, but if uh, if his first read is there, he's actually pretty good. Mm. the The thing for a defense is that he's easy to trick. And he doesn't have the arm strength to compensate for it. So if if the Bears can go in and, and make Peterman think that he has, uh, you know, say think that he has a soft coverage so he can throw a five yard hitch, when really they're they're coming and, and going to stick the receivers hard, then he's going to be in for a really really rough day on that. Now, if if Chicago can avoid turnovers. And and go ahead and make Peterman throw the ball. Then yeah, they probably win by twenty points. How does he handle the blitz? Not very well, because okay. all he does is wherever his first read is, he's throwing it there. Wow! And okay. it's I, in in a lot of ways. Is he staring him down? He's very. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he is. He's the guy who will just go straight back. And when his foot hits, if it's a three step drop, his foot hits and the ball is coming out. When, mm. Whether that guy's open or not, he's throwing it. And, <laughs> wow. and, and if it if it's a five step drop, once his his foot st- hits, he's throwing it. Whether mm. a guy's open or not, there there's not a lot of let me go through my progressions here. Like my man is just firing it exactly <laughs> where it's supposed to go, quote like a quote. like a robot or something, right? He's just doing it's, what he's programmed yeah. to do. Yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, like he, uh, I was all set to write a mea culpa after because I I wanted to, and and our editor Matt Warren stopped me from writing the piece because I I wanted to write an opinion piece saying that uh, Peterman didn't belong on the roster 
at all. But Matt was like, come on, man. No, let's let's temper that a little bit. Maybe like he shouldn't start, but he doesn't belong on an NFL roster. I'm like, nah, man, that guy should be bagging groceries. So <laughs> when he 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 Peterman comes out and throws a touchdown pass uh, to Zay Jones on a beautiful fade uh, to go up in the fourth quarter and my father is ripping me apart. He's like, you see, this kid can play. And in my head, I'm going, ah, shoot, maybe I've been too hard on him. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'll write a piece that kind of goes, you know, ah, Peterman's got some potential here. He's shown some growth. And then of course he went ahead and, and fired a ball into double coverage. Uh, when Kelvin Benjamin wasn't even looking at it yet, that was intercepted and returned for a touchdown. And you know, he became himself at right. the end of the game. So I, I, I was all ready to do it, but he's, he is, I think a robot is, is very, it's very apt to, to describe what he does because there's, there's potential there. Like if you can design plays for Reed is going to be there, double screens, uh, back shoulder fades when there's one-on-one coverage, he's okay. He can survive. Ask him to throw into tight coverage. If you're asking him to throw from the right hash to the left side of the field, he can't do it. He just cannot do it. Wow. Okay. Well, then I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I, I, I am looking forward to it uh, on Sunday. And, and to tell you the truth, man, I, I'm looking forward to the future uh, because I think that we're kind of in this renaissance of young quarterbacks, and I believe Josh Allen can be a part of that with Allen, Trubisky, Carson Wentz, you know, even even Marcus Mariota and – uh, you know Jared Goff and things like that and and I think that's why there's right. kind of been this groundswell of audiences coming back to the NFL because it's not the same old guys doing the same old stuff anymore yeah Brady and Breeze and, and Rogers and Roethlisberger are still out there doing their thing but you got a bunch of these young guys Mahomes I forgot to mention him who are yes. just kind of lighting up the league and, and and infusing the league with this new blood especially on the AFC side which is that that the conference needs it more than anything right now they 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 Brady yeah. and, and Roethlisberger and those guys need to go man so that we can have some some new teams in the in the Super Bowl like I am cheering for the Chiefs hardcore right now yeah. I, I want the Chiefs in the Super Bowl bad this year just so New England won't be there we won't have to listen to the greatness of Tom Brady I, for two look, weeks I've been, I've been cheering for Brady I've been cheering for Brady to go for the last uh 16 years or so sure, so I, sure. I, I can't wait I can't wait until he goes. Yeah. So yeah, no. Looking at that, uh, Deshaun Watson is another guy too. Yeah, sure. Watson, sure. He, oh my goodness, I, you're right. Because then you've got uh, you have the promise of Darnold, you have the promise of Baker Mayfield. You sure, yeah, those guys too. Promise of of Josh Rosen. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got all these kids who are who are coming out and who are really looking. The the changing of the guard is coming. Mm-hmm. So so it's it is it's exciting. It is, and and the other part that I was going to mention is that. You know, when I was coming up and when I really got into the NFL was in the, the, the that, that sweet spot of like seventh grade to about 10th grade. And who was the best the team in the AFC all four of those years but the Buffalo Bills going to the Super Bowl and make kind yep. of kind of making that side of things boring. It's like, Jesus, the Bills are going to do it again. But nonetheless, right. the K-Gun and, you know, Kelly, uh, you know, Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and. Marv Levy and, and all those guys just being the best that the AFC had to offer all of those years, kind of also how I'm, I'm kind of rooting for the Browns to snap out of it because they were one of the better teams in the NFL during that time period 
and everything else. So I'm kind of just wishing for these for these teams that have that have been at the bottom of the barrel for so long, but were good when I was coming up and, and first really getting in to the league, the Raiders as well. Finally seeing those teams kind of yep. come back and reclaim the spots that they used to have when I probably had my deepest love for the game as a kid. And, you know, I'm kind yeah. of hoping that things turn around uh, for Buffalo because the AFC East is probably the most boring division in football right now. Oh, gosh, yeah, it's just been awful. I mean, you know, it's been Tom Brady and then everybody else. So it, it'll be nice. It'll be nice if something could finally change in there. Sure, sure. Well, um, like I said, I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. Uh, hoping that uh, you know the Bears can can get the job done, and and hoping that everything goes better for Buffalo, uh, going for, aside from this Sunday, of course. But uh, you know, if, <laughs> I, but if, I, if, if ever there was a team, it. yeah, if ever there was a team that needed a buy, you guys got to wait another couple of weeks to get yours. But if ever there was a team that needed a break, it's the Buffalo Bills. Yes, yeah, no. There, if, if if Josh Allen could just come back afterward, I mean, even though he he's not ready. But man, oh man, it would at least it, it gives the season some some sort of hope. I mean, rather sure. than watching, you know, Derek Anderson come back from his golf tournament that he was playing in, whatever <laughs> right. he was doing, or chasing his kids <laughs> around in the living room to to go ahead and strap the the pads on. And and by the way, I, I say that jokingly, but he's what a the consummate professional. I, yeah, I mean, he didn't have to do any of that stuff, and he's getting his his rear end beat behind that offensive line. And he was getting up as often as he could, but I would I would just much rather be able to look at Allen and say, "Hey, man, at least we're we're giving this kid some stuff to build on for the future," rather than watching a guy like Anderson, who's you know 35 and and on well, he's past the back nine, he's he's really done. Mm-hmm. And, and then you've got a guy like Peterman, who, who I just don't see turning into anything. Yeah, yeah. So, well, again, I, I'm hoping for the best for Buffalo, especially in the in the future, like I said a moment ago, the AFC could use the change and this young renaissance of quarterbacks. I hope Josh Allen uh, is a part of that. So, um, so Sean, where can we uh, where can we catch up on on your writing? Do you do any podcasts for the for Buffalo Rumblings or anything like that? Uh, you know, I, I was a pinch hitter this week actually oh, okay. on our uh, our podcast at Buffalo Rumblings is called Believe, uh, a Buffalo Bills podcast uh john boccasino and anthony marino usually do it anthony was unable to so john was uh courteous enough to get me in there but uh i am a boring twitter follow as most of my my twitter stuff is geared towards the varsity softball team that i coach so all right well sean murphy thanks so much uh for coming back on to the uh onto the show and uh good luck on uh sunday we'll talk to you again soon hey man sounds great thanks a lot Once again, want to thank Sean Murphy from Buffalo Rumblings and SB Nation for coming back onto the show to, to talk about the Bills, even though if the Bears were 2-6, and six, I don't know how willing I'd be to talk about them uh, in public, uh, that is anyway. But um, I think it's very simple, guys. So this will probably be quick <laughs> because you heard me mention uh, in the interview with, with Sean that it's it's simple, you know, for the Bears, and it's and it's not as – arrogant as this is probably going to sound but as as long as we show up on Sunday the Bears are going to win this game knock on wood I mean 
Nobody thought that they would go on the road and dismantle the Vikings the way that the Bills did. So anything is possible. This is the NFL, and I can't remember the last time I saw the Bears win in Buffalo. I mean, hell, they haven't even been to Buffalo since, what, 2010? Whatever it is. I mean, it's it's been a long time. Nonetheless, you know, it, it's a... It's a game that's, that couldn't be setting up any more perfectly for us. I mean, granted, we'll probably have to battle with their defense in the early goings, but if we can make some things happen on defense, on our defensive side, get after Peterman, force him into those, those mistakes he seems so prone to make, give our offense the short field, let us build an early 17 to nothing lead in the second quarter, we can pretty much coast throughout and then get ready for those division games. Now, I say this with full knowledge that we cannot be looking ahead to those games or else the Bills are going to hurt us and hurt us bad. Not only can we lose the game, fall out of first place again, it would be an embarrassment, but you know it would kill any kind of momentum that we would want to have going into those all-important games uh, starting next Sunday against the Lions. So you know it is important, you know, and when I say show up, I mean show up, be focused, do your job, play the game on Sunday. Don't look past the Bills is what I'm saying by showing up on Sunday. So it's not like merely step on the field and victory is yours. That is not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is show up, do your job on Sunday, and you will win the game because you are the superior football team. So it's it's all about, you know, you heard me talk about it with, with Sean. Bottle up that run with McCoy and Chris Ivory. Force the ball into Peterman's hands. That is what we want. We want Peterman trying to throw the football against us on Sunday. We want Barkley trying to throw the ball against us on Sunday. That is going to be exactly what the Bears want. We want to challenge them to throw the ball on Sunday. They don't really have anyone to throw the football to, and the guy throwing the ball is the last person on earth most people would want to have their team have them quarterbacking their team so this is setting up perfectly for the bears to have a tampa bay like victory uh on sunday and to do it on the road before heading into these divisional stretch very very important to close out the second quarter with a 500 record to be two and two after this four game stretch with the east i think would also be a good um a good sign that this team is headed in the right direction to be five and three at the halfway mark to match last year's win total at the halfway point is huge, absolutely huge. So uh, as long as the Bears show up on Sunday, and I mean that by showing up ready to play and, and doing your job, I, I think it's it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, honestly, I hate to talk in, in these terms when talking about the Bears, but really that's, that's the situation, guys. That is what we are walking into here. You know, this is setting up perfect for us. The defense is, you know, had their bounce back game last week against the Jets. And now this is the game where we reclaim the defense that we knew and love from the first four weeks of the year. Getting after the quarterback, forcing turnovers, making life hell for the opposing quarterback. And, and we have to take advantage of it here. We have to, you know, kick a, We have to kick it, you know, a dying dog or whatever the hell the phrase is. We have to kick this team while it's down. You know, we really do. There's, there's there's nothing like last week when I was talking about the Jets being the wounded animal and you, you want to be careful about the wounded animal. And it's like, no, this team is down. We need to kick them while they're down so that they stay down. We don't want to give them any kind of hope 
in the football game. We've seen that go against the Bears so many times where they were the better team coming in on Sunday and then they did one thing wrong and the next thing you know, this team all of a sudden thinks they have a chance and they play the rest of the game thinking that they can win and it's a tougher victory than it should be or they lose, the Bears end up losing this game to this team that all of a sudden believes in itself. We want to go out there and do something in the early going, smash this offense to bits, put our offense on the field and put it in the end zone early, knock the wind out of their sails, take that crowd out of the game because they were bananas against the Patriots on Monday. They were deep into the game until the fourth quarter when the Patriots finally took over uh, that victory, knocked them out early, knocked the Bills down early, and then work your way through the game, get everybody else out, get everybody out of the game healthy, get ready for the Lions, Vikings, and Lions coming up this is going to be the most interesting stretch of the season once we get past this one and um we need to get ready for it so and the best way to get ready for that game is a victory in this one so go out there be serious show up do your job and the bears will win on sunday so like i said gonna keep it short but uh that's the situation so we will be back on monday to talk about what should be another victory episode for our beloved Chicago Bears uh, for the Week 9 review episode. So come on back for that. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply.
Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.